Welcome to JV Takes. I'm Logan. That's Kyle. And just right around the corner, some section tournament wrestling. Kyle, how excited are you getting? Oh, I'm pumped. And you're burying the lead, though. Okay. Did you know we are now statewide? Are we really? I mean, Section 7 loves us. Mm. And I feel from some of the texts that you've had to me this week, you're kind of in love with Section 7 as well. I'm drinking a little bit of the green Kool-Aid, <laughs> a little bit. I, You know, I'm Section 1 through and through, but there's some decent teams out there. So I start to decent, dig yeah. in. I mean, decent, like 5, 6 seed, 7, 8 seed, probably in Section 1. Decent. Sure. Yeah. So, like, if you were to give an example, is there a specific exa- example you could pull? No, I mean, you just take the top five teams in Section 7 and you drop them in probably like that 6, 7, 8, 9 range in Section 1. Okay. I don't, is that specific enough? I think that's probably fair. And I think a lot of this conversation is probably coming for some of the forum talk that was going on this week. You think that has anything to do with so it? So, I now actually, because of this week, I had to put you in my like do not disturb list mm-hmm. because. All of a sudden, well, I don't know, remember what day that was. It must have been Thursday. I think you had two phone calls and three text messages within about two minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is the emergency? And then all I just see quick in a glance is check the forum. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my, we've gone too far. <laughs> it was it was a day. Yeah, there was some wild speculation going on in the forum. I don't know if it was Wednesday or Thursday. Somebody actually floated that you are a ZM homer. Oh, Can you I believe forgot that? about that a homer. They basically said I'm a ZM guy. So for all you ZM people out there that think I have this chip on my shoulder versus you, if you are an outside member of Section 1, the, the people think I'm a ZM guy. Like, I, <laughs> if there isn't any more proof that I'm a ZM guy, I don't know. That's hilarious. The people within Section 1 think you hate ZM, and the people outside of Section 1 think you love ZM so much no, that no, you're no, no. from. I think the people Zimbabwe. in Section 1 know I'm unbiased. The Mazeppa people think I hate ZM. That's kind of the... Well, actually, Zimbrota people do, too. I don't want to speak for the Zimbrota Mazeppa people. <laughs> I'll, I'll allow them to speak. But yeah, it was a wild week on the forum. It was. So the truth is, I am really a ZM guy. It comes through loud and clear to the people that don't know us. And Section 7 is all in on JV Takes until we just went on that rant about how they're the how bottom, they're, bottom five seats. How everyone in Section 1 <laughs> is better than everyone in Section 7. Uh, Have you worn your Zimbrota Mazeppa 2015 Section Championship shirt yet? No, but this is a good, you know, we've got, speaking of that, I actually sent it to Jay Hill, who's doing our uh, t-shirt order, which is still out there, right? We've extended that a little bit. Because of popular demand? We did. Yes, we got extended to Tuesday. So if you're waiting for a paycheck to cash or that loan to go through, you now have until Tuesday at midnight. Yeah, so drop the shirt off because, let's be honest, I'm frugal. And I didn't want to have to buy a ZM 2024 state shirt. So she's actually just going to change the the 2015 to 2024, put a big X over all the kids that were on the 2015 team, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to rock that. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, It'll so ready to I'm go. pretty excited. So awesome, good, good. That's super. But exciting. yeah, make sure you uh, check out the apparel site if you haven't. So, Kyle, another thing that happened this week. Hold on, you didn't. You also, what did you add? What, oh, you, to the you, T-shirt. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like the so, CEO. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. You just 
went straight to the board of directors here. I did. Yeah, we had to make sure we got this. On the back of the shirts, it now says Section 1 versus the World. So if you're going up to the state tournament this year to cheer on Kyle's ZM Cougars (laughs) or KM or Stuartville, whoever makes it out of the section tournament, you can have your JV take shirt with Section 1 versus the World on the back. And if somebody from Section 7 or Section 8 starts talking some smack to you, point at the other people around in the XL Energy Center who got their Section 1 versus the World shirts on, align with everyone, and get ready for that brawl. Yeah. And that's an option, right? You don't have to get that if you're not that aggressive. Yeah, it's an option. So if yeah. you're somebody like uh, somebody, maybe, I don't know, a public figure that's uh, that needs to remain neutral, like me, <laughs> I remain neutral now that I'm a new man. So yeah, you don't have to get it on the back, but uh, it's a good conversation starter. Did Big Boss Man order his with Section 1 versus the world? I'm not sure. I, If he hasn't already ordered, I think we should just send one directly to him. We should. We should get an address and send it to him. That I would, would appreciate good. that. <laughs> so, yeah. We've had fun this week. We have had fun this week. And I was up at a wrestling tournament in Robbinsdale Armstrong yesterday watching Goodyear and Moundsview wrestle. And I got a chance to talk to my cousin who's actually, she's just a seventh grader. She's a manager one of the local wrestling teams, really nice kid. And she said, Logan, I'm loving the show. You guys are doing great. I want more rankings. That's what she said. (laughs) More power rankings. And I said, oh, that is really disappointing. Because last time we did power rankings, Kyle had a temper tantrum and ended the episode. (laughs) So we're probably not going to be able to do any more rankings until he gets things under control. We should do like a manager power rankings. They're kind of like the forgotten, the forgotten ones, you know. Yeah, I we could do that because I was looking. This is the time of year where they do all like the senior, you know, mm-hmm. tributes and all mm-hmm. that, senior nights and stuff like that. And we haven't really talked managers. They so, make coaches and our lives a lot easier by having accurate records. So thank you, managers. If if I did do a manager power ranking, would you throw a tantrum about it, or would you be able to, <laughs> or would you be able to handle that? It depends that? if you like put a team that like doesn't have managers or something like, like number four just because now nah, whatever yeah and then i already i had another i had another listener text me and say that they were at a jv tournament this weekend and they saw a kid throwing a tantrum because i don't know maybe they got the five seed when they were expecting to have the four seed they said they had never seen a kid react like that before just an emotional outburst and on the back of his shirt it said K Honicky. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a child of yours or if it was I don't know. You were out wandering about probably a long lost cousin or something. Yeah, look out look out for those. So with that, I think we should dive right in, Kyle. Well you what? met you mentioned J V. Should we talk about future section one studs? Let's do it. I let's, mean let's get into the hammers. Yeah. So this past weekend we had Minnesota ninth grade league state tournament. And uh, Section 1 was well represented. Uh, If you've never heard of the ninth grade tournament, you obviously haven't been listening to our last couple podcasts, but it's for uh, all 7th, 8th, and ninth graders are eligible that want to participate. And there's a few region qualifiers around the state. We're kind of the south part of the state, right? I mean, you basically just draw a line from about Cannon Falls across the state, and it seems like, yeah, kind of. 
give or take. Yeah, for those kids that went to the ninth grade state, we'll have to make some shirts that say Southern Minnesota versus the world. Yeah. I guess section one wouldn't quite apply there. We could just do like, yeah, we'll have to workshop that. We'll run it past yeah. the marketing department. We will. We will. So at 88 pounds, so now these are going to be a little bit different weight classes, but they got the little guys represented here. We had Jody, Joey Katie of Chatfield got second. So nice job there. Jonah Caro of Zambroda got sixth. Who else we got here? Gunner Polakowski from your Chatfield. I think you're forgetting. Golfers. I think you're forgetting that I'm a new man. Oh, I Kyle. forgot. I'm about completely that. neutral. So he got uh, fourth at 94, at 100 pounds. Ooh, this one's close to home. Carl Murray. Carl Murray, the hammer, got third. Third. At 100. Who yep. were who were number one and number two in that bracket? I don't know. They were probably some transfers had to, had from like been, Oklahoma or something. Had to have been like Gable Stevenson and Brock Lesnar yeah. or something. No way. Carl Murray doesn't lose often, so. You know, and then Wes Gotzinger got eighth in that bracket from Chatfield. Yeah, I was going to say has to be from Chatfield, right? Yep, yep. And here we go, 107. We got another state champ here, Logan Pearson of your Chatfield Gophers. Chatfield Gophers. The Chatfield Gophers. Yep. So I haven't noticed any. Chatfield's got some lightweights coming, don't they? <laughs> they do. I haven't noticed any Section Seven teams yet, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, 114. We've got Lane Root from Chatfield. Chatfield. Why? My goodness. Sixth place there. Nice job there. 121. Well, Presley McRae of Hastings, adopted Section 1 team. Yeah, we got to give him a mention. Also, I'm going to say we we need to, have we decided if Simley's in adopted Section 1? Because I think they are. I was tweeting out this week about college D1 wrestlers that are from Section 1 and are doing well at the next level. And Daniel Kirkvliet won a state title when he was in Section 1. And then uh, there was one more other kid from Simley who was wrestling at the next level who was a a state champ. Yeah, Tabor. Yep. 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 How about when it fits us? Sure. Yeah, that works. When it makes us look better. At the high school level, they're up there. They're with yep. Al and Josh. They can have them. Yep. And but, then, but when they go to the next level and they're winning national titles, at that point, they're part of the section they're, they're one family. One. Well, and I, those guys wrestled at the Civic Center. They did. So yep. they're grandfathered in. We'll draw the line at whenever they stop coming to the Civic Center. But so, but if like a kid won a state title for Simley this year. And then nah. went and wrestled D1. We wouldn't allow that. I think that's the section that, one family. Unless we go statewide, I think we're going to have to ignore them. Okay. Yep. So that's my thought, but... We'll take it to the board. We can discuss it. We'll take it to the board. Who do we got at... What is next? 127? Yeah, I got a little sidetracked. Um, hmm. We're going to skip from 127. We're going to skip 133. We are going to skip 139. Ugh. Some this opportunities is not, this here, is section not, one. I was going to say, this is not looking good for <laughs> the local folks. Huh, Pierce had some nice nice wins in here. Oh, don't compliment a section seven team. Is Pierce section seven? Yeah, they're double A seven. Oh. Yeah, you were just trying to... I like to- Pierce. I could, I could be on board with Pierce. Oh, you are just flip-flopping teams here. All right, but here we go at 160. Brecken. Wackalo? Oh, Albert Lee? Yeah, what's that last name? Wackles, I Wackles? believe. 
Wackles. Albert Lee, first place at 160. It's probably nowhere near Wack. Looks like he just absolutely dominated with a fall. I think Albert Lee has the hardest names to pronounce. Yeah, what's Between up the is- Ignashevskis and, and the Wackles. Michael Olsen. Yeah, Michael, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Logan right. Davis, I don't know how to pronounce that. Elijah Palmer from Northfield got eighth in that bracket, so nice job. All right, now we go on a little bit of run of Section 1 here. So first place again, so we got... 161st in section one, 172 Parker Richards of Cass and Manorville gets first, and Sean Kirchner of Chatfield got fourth. Nice little showing there. And I think last but not least, we've got 285 Hudson Buchanan, Cass and Manorville. Oh, speaking, I just see the farmington kid got eight there mm-hmm. farmington used to be in section one too right i was thinking about that earlier so technically i think so alvenz's son taylor who i believe was an all-american at nebraska i think he wrestled at the civic center didn't he so i think that sounds right yeah. we can claim him because they used to have the sweet uh plaid orange and black button-ups did they the, yeah that's the far- i mean when i think of farmington i'm thinking lumberjacks oh yeah yeah that's where i go yeah, farm town for yeah, short. Yeah. <laughs> so, congratulations to all the uh, ninth grade state place winners. That's a pretty big accomplishment because you—it's one class. Everybody's wrestling. You got everybody around the state there. So, great job. Um, keep an eye on some of these kids as they start coming up and moving through the ranks in the next few years. I know you were specifically looking for section one wrestlers, but did you see any cases where there was a kid who? Like made the ninth grade state finals, who's a potential state qualifier or somebody that's ranked highly in the state that could be, you know, somebody we see in the 107 finals in a few weeks? Or did we not look uh, that, quite that closely? I didn't look that close. There was some last names that I noticed. Uh, well, specifically, I guess Holdingford had a couple. It looked like maybe, but... You seem to be bringing up Section 7 a lot today. Well, I'm just pointing it out. You love Section well, 7. Holdingford had are, are like you, a... Are you betraying us? Are you going up to Section <laughs> 7? <laughs> Wasn't it... Um, What year What year is that? Was that just last year? I think there was a couple Holdingford kids that placed maybe... They're going to torture in, in Section the, 7 in likes to correct state? us too. Yeah, they placed in ninth grade and then I think they... Well, the, the good news is when they come at me on the forum, they're going to have no idea it's me because, <laughs> because my username is Logan Brewer, which is really discreet. So they, okay. have, they have no idea who they're going to go to yell at. Let me finish my thought. I think there was a kid from Holdingford that placed... There was one or two that placed at ninth grade and then placed at state last year or two years ago. Okay. But that's all I remember. Probably a Polarski or a Nowitzki or yeah, something, like, something that. like that. But it is kind of fun if, if you're just a casual wrestling fan and you want to just kind of get, like, who's going to be on the radar. Like, there's this mug kid from Royalton now that's ranked pretty highly at state. I remember him a few years ago as a ninth grader. There's a mug that's the heavyweight for Royalton. That's literally what I just said. Oh, that's who you're talking about. Yes. I thought you were talking about a kid this year. No. This year, he is ranked highly at state at heavyweight is what I said. Sure. And then you're like, oh, there's a. Oh, you're gosh. not. You're not easy to listen Have to. Day, I try. I try to block you out when I can. Anywho, if you were following along a few years ago, he had a really good rung at the uh, ninth grade state tournament, and that goes up and down the lineup. So if you just go and take a look at some of these records, you're going to see that. All right, we've talked enough about ninth grade. 
I don't and know. obviously you're not listening, so I'm sure half the audience isn't listening right now. Well, they don't listen when you talk, so no, they weren't listening much during that segment. All right, moving on to high school results. Do we want to go? We went AAA, AA, single A last time. Let's start with a single A result here. So Thursday, I saw LARP and Chatfield met up, and Chatfield beat the doors off Lewiston Altura. That was 58 to 11 they're flexing their muscles um if you but if you think section one class a isn't going to be super interesting i would push back on that because kenyon wanamingo wrestled northfield on saturday here as we jump up to triple a and they beat northfield pretty handedly i don't have a score on that one but i don't want so here's where this is coming from, Kyle. I didn't tell you about this yet, but what I've been working on... It was like 47 to 16 or something. 47 19, to 16. 19, maybe. I've been looking at the different section races across the state. So section one, section two, section three, which team races are going to be the most exciting, which ones have the most teams involved that could win it, which ones are going to be the tightest finals. And I think section one, class A, with Kenny Monomingo, Chatfield... And then, you know, the three, four, five after that all will be super, super competitive. So anyways, I guess what I'm getting to is, number one, pay attention for some written work coming out on jvtakes.com this week. What? And then also, that's right, you heard it, jvtakes.com. You said this week, so it buys you a good seven to ten days, depending on when people listen. That's right. And then don't let that 58 to 11 result discourage you too much. I think the section one class A race is going to be great. Got to be healthy. Got to be at the right weight and uh, go from there. So That's right. That's right. So Albert... Uh, yeah, Albert Lee Otana. You know what? I think those Albert Lee guys got a bone to pick with you. Or they should. Maybe I'll pick it for them. Go ahead. I mean... We get this great duel. You barely mention it. And then, like, you have nothing going on that night, so you easily could have gone over and watched it. And you just basically glazed over it. Albert Lee people, just so you know, I'm in your corner. I don't know about Logan, but I am. For the record, I was on the microphone. And I said I could sub. I said, Logan, I got you. You you can go over. You're like, no, it's fine. Yeah, you volunteered to sub, but there were a lot of people begging me not to let you have a microphone. You're lucky to have this microphone in front of you right now. I think, long story short, short Albert Lee wrestled annoyed that you weren't there. And they're going to say, you know what? This is why we want Logan. They, See what we're doing. They must have. Ryan Collins got a big pin at 121 over a, a tough Donovan Sorensen. Logan Davis continued his run. He beat Lane, Lane Karsten 14-9. And then Albert Lee got some wins in the upper weights as well. Tristan Cox at 72. Brecken Wack. Hey, there's that Brecken. He wrestled in ninth grade. Exactly. See? So, that's uh, what I'm talking about. I think this is, man, this is one of those situations where I don't know if Oatana matches up super well with Albert Lee. Just because where Albert Lee is strong, you know, from 121 all the way up to 145, or where they're strongest, I should say, where they really have their muscle. Like, Oatana's pretty strong there as well, but Albert Lee has kids that have placed at state and state a state champ in there. It's just like they're... They have that advantage of maybe just being a little bit better through there. So Owatonna likely going to so- slot in as a three seed. They'll probably have Northfield in the semis if they get to that point, but we got a long ways to go. So kind of nice that the seeding in AAA is all fallen into place. Yeah. 
So in short, Albert Lee, I got your back. If you need a JV Takes podcast representative, it's going to be me, not Logan. But as the year comes, we'll we'll get there. Logan will get there. He's going to try to win you back. I'll work on it. I'll do my best. <laughs> I will definitely be at their section final. I'll say All that right. much. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They, oh, that's actually because they go section semifinals off-site, right? Section semis are off-site. Yeah, yeah, so they just wrestle at the Civic Center on Saturday at 2 o'clock. So I think we need to have a Logan accountability session because last week I said the wrong format for the section team tournament. Shocking. What it's actually going to be is there'll be four mats, it sounds like, and then they'll run the single-A semis and double-A semis at the same time. And then immediately after that, the triple-A teams will come and they'll do all three finals at the same time, right? Yes. And it's been like that before. I just apparently don't have the world's best memory. Well, it's only been like that for like a couple of years, I think. Post-COVID, probably. Sure. Speaking of sections, we kind of forgot about this episode to talk about what we were going to... Our interview. <laughs> I was thinking about that a couple minutes ago. I was like, <laughs> we probably should have plugged this earlier, but... Hopefully they made it this long. Yeah, so y- you guys are lucky. I got on a rant about Section 7, and I just lost and then my you mind. Tried to I turn, apologize. You tried to turn the people of Albert Lee against me as well. They should be against you. So what we're alluding to here is that we had a special guest join. It's Mr. Mark Queasley, the activities director for Rochester Century, and also the co-tournament director for the Section 1 wrestling tournament. I'd say that he far exceeded my expectations. That was a very fun episode. We talked a little bit of old school wrestling. We talked about what it's like with the section tournament, some fun stories there, and then also some potential future directions for the tournaments as well. Yeah, I I think sometimes we always just forget about all those old stories. And then hearing it from his perspective, and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that. You know, and some of you might remember some of these stories. There's an elevator story, there's some snowstorm stories, you know. So you probably all will remember it in your own way, whether you were a wrestler at that, I'm a coach, an administrator a fan, you know, and just hearing some of those stories are pretty entertaining. And then the Rochester uh, trivia at the end, which Logan bombed, by the way. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't ruin the ending. <laughs> I'm pretty good at trivia. Rochester 80s wrestling isn't quite my thing, I guess. It's it's hard to learn from the womb. <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you weren't born then, were you? <laughs> I was not, so that makes it challenging. Uh, any other results we want to touch on from this week? No, uh, I mean... We're getting down there. I think on uh, Friday, I think ZM was the only Section 1 team that wrestled, and they got thumped by Moundsview. Mm-hmm. So they were licking their wounds now after that. But uh, well, other than that. Thumped. <laughs> thumped? It <laughs> was, was 30, 33-16. Yeah, destroyed. I don't know if that was thumping. So, yeah, and then and then really, I mean, a lot of stuff now. Everything is just kind of prepping you for the end of the year. I know there's a couple of reschedules this week. We can touch on just a couple things that are going on, but... Yeah, it's winding down, and I mean, the girls' section tournament is coming up here in a few days, so let's just take a look at what we got going on and then jump into the girls' preview. Yeah, so there's there's not much left to unfold for sections in AAA. Albert Lee's got the one seed basically tied up, Northfield 2, Owatonna 3, and then the one result we didn't mention would be that Mayo knocked off Faribault this week, so Mayo's likely going to be the four seed. And then the battle for Rochester is going to happen this week between John Marshall, Century, and Rochester Mayo. So Faribault probably slots in at a five seed, Century at a six, John Marshall, Winona after that. Nothing you need to watch too intently. 
On the double A side of things, things are all kind of tied up as well. The only matches left to unfold would be Lake City and Wasika. Um, couple other ones of teams that will be slotting into those 8, 9, 10, 11 spots. And I don't know if we touched on that, but Stewartville kind of took it to Pine Island. So they Stewartville locks up the three. Mm-hmm. Four, five is going to be Caledonia, Pine Island. Yeah, Caledonia and Pine Island are going to, and uh, Cannon Falls are going to have Cannon a little Falls, bit yep. of an argument to settle there. I think I think Pine Island's going to get the four, or at least I'd give Pine Island the four and then let Cannon and Caledonia fight for five, six. But I think Cannon Falls and Cal are both going to make a case for four. Who won the head-to-head, Cannon Falls or Pine Island? Cannon Falls beat Pine Island. Yeah, that will be a little debate they can have then. So but when we yeah. when we record next week, we will have that bracket. That we will. So That's going to be, be a fun episode. Yeah, finally we get to... You started projecting stuff back. We should listen back to our very first episode and what you were like, what your predictions were. I Here's how I remember it. Of course. This ought to be good. I remember that I was very, very high on Chatfield and you were like, they will not win a match this year. And now here they are. <laughs> They're going to get the number one seed. They're the number one ranked team in state. And I'm, re- I'm excited for you to eat your words next week. I think there was a clip where I said ZM is going to be the team to beat, too. Well, take that worth a, gr- worth a grain of salt. You're a ZM homer. That's true. That's true. So, And then on single A, I think the only duel really left this week that's going to decide anything unless something pops up that we're not aware of would be uh, Goodyear travels to Kenyon Wanamingo. You know, mm-hmm. if good you can pull that one off somehow, that'll throw a wrench into it. If not, I think it goes basically Chatfield, KW, Dovriota, and then you go and argue four or five um, with LARP and good you. Yep. And then there's a couple more as well. Like Dovriota and Chatfield are going to wrestle on Tuesday, I believe. Chatfield's going to be the heavy favorite there. But DE if, pulls that off. That might throw a wrench. Oh, my goodness. Would it ever? You got to give DE the one then. You do. I, I guess you probably do. They're only. Or I, Kenyon. Kenyon. Or probably Kenyon because Kenyon wouldn't have lost a section match if they beat Good. So it's Kenyon. So I'm thinking by the end of the week, it could be Kenyon one. Oh. <laughs> we are getting way too far <laughs> ahead of ourselves. DE two. Could Chatfield drop to the three? It's, I don't think it's worth having this conversation. And this if is... it happens, we'll have the conversation. <laughs> but I think I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. All right. So there's a couple more other matches that will decide seating down the down the pecking order in single A. Like Fillmore Central still has matches to go. They've got a quad, I believe, with Grand Meadow and Kenyon Wanamingo is going to be there as well. So just know that things are going to fall into place beyond the six seed as well in single a good all right do we want to get into the big one we got a big one finally section tournament is here the section tournament is here so we've got uh the section girls tournament starts on friday the 8th and goes through saturday the 9th and this is going to be in redwood minnesota and uh mr queasley did a little bit of explaining how we got to this point and kind of all of that so he's gonna if you pay attention to that he'll kind of break it down a little bit more in depth on how we got here versus what uh logan and i are going to do we're going to talk a little bit about who's favored and what we uh kind of got coming for participants in section one 
Uh-huh. So, but if you want to attend that in person, wrestling starts at 5 p.m. on Friday, and then again uh, 9:30 on Saturday. Uh, it's oh, I thought you had a question there. Yeah, like if I wanted to go to Redwood Valley, which I do want to go to Redwood Valley, would I just bring a tent? And and pitch it out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like, you gotta stay have, in Mankato. I was I was gonna say Mankato is an hour and fifteen minutes away. Where is the closest hotel to Redwood? Maybe New Alm. Yeah, there you got a forty five minute drive. Oh boy, might be sleeping in my trunk. I did that once last summer. We're not gonna tell that story <laughs> on air, but if I have to sleep in my trunk, I will. You got a brother in Mankato. It's free lodging there. It is. It's just a long drive, and you got to deal with him. And I got uh, yeah. So. So yeah, anywho, uh, we've got wrestling will start at yeah nine thirty Saturday. Should be a good time. Um, it looks like from what I can gather is brackets will be released around four o'clock or so on Friday. Okay, between four and five, somewhere in that. So we won't really have any uh, any way to kind of preview them ahead of time. But it looks like I think coaches will have everything in by Tuesday, and then uh, they'll do a seating meeting quick on at four o'clock. Kind of just review the uh, probably the predetermined seeds, and then yeah, if wrestling gets rolling right away at five, they'll be good to go. Awesome. So this is a little unique too, versus some girls tournaments. You know, we see a lot of girls tournaments where there's multiple girls per team uh, entered at different weight classes. Sometimes they got that A B C bracket, kind of like you see at the Pine Island girls tournament. But for this one, it's you get one and uh, you win this tournament or get in the top two, and you're headed to the state tournament. Mm-hmm. And it's section one and section three matched up, which is a little bit different from last year. It was up at Hastings and it was sections one and four. So some of these names are going to be different. There might not be prior matchups between some of these one and three wrestlers, but uh, there still should be some pretty good brackets. Tough kids. Yeah. And at the state tournament, then it's an 18 bracket or eight individual bracket. So, you know, that's a little bit different than the boys' side. So, out of Section 1, Logan, what do we got? At 100 pounds? Yeah. So, names I'm going to be watching from Section 1, Macy Schaefer. We've watched her all year long. She's been fantastic. Maggie Olson, the wrestling name from Albert Lee. She's also had a really good year. They're probably going to slide in as two of the top seeds. And then beyond that, there is an Ivy Brandenburg out of Hastings that could be someone in there as well. Oh, we're section doing section three, three too? Well, I'm just looking at the rankings, so I threw, oh, gotcha, I threw gotcha. her in there as well. Well, and if, yeah, and if you're going to look, like Maggie Olson last year got fourth at uh, the state tournament, currently ranked number three at 100, got second at the Pine Island tournament. I put the Pine Island tournament in here for results because what I've been told, it's a kind of a tune-up for the state tournament, mm-hmm. really, really solid tournament, deep competition, so... If you place in the top six, I think at the Pine Island tournament, you're a your state you're right there. level. You're yep. right there. Yep. So, um, and then I had uh, Emily Bova Chatfield as well. She got six at Pine Island and lost three to zero to Schaefer uh, for fifth. So, you know she's knocking on the door right there. So that mm-hmm. that's a deep deep weight class at 100. That is, and those are wrestlers that are going to be around for a while. I don't think any of those are older than tenth graders. Most no, Schaefer and Olson both ninth graders. Will you cheer for Maggie Olson, or because she's from Albert Lee, not so much? I am completely. Did you not listen to last week's episode? <laughs> I'm a new man. I don't choose favorites, and I also don't discriminate against any programs. Wow, I'm I'm excited for Albert Lee to 
they got some solid girls in here too, so this will be fun. You're an Albert Lee homer yeah, now too. That's wow. right. So 106. I can go through that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, here we go. Our first debate of the show. Here we go. <laughs> we got uh number one ranked Callie Graber from Northfield. She's a sophomore. She got first last year on the girl side and is currently ranked number one at 106. Mm-hmm. However, I do not believe I have seen her wrestle in a girls tournament or against girls competition yet this year. Mm-hmm. She's like a lot in four mm-hmm. on the varsity side. Mm-hmm. Has some really solid wins against some ranked uh, boys. Just had a really good win over Kenyon's one, Kenyon Domingo's 106 pounder. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll find out on Friday if she's going girls or boys, won't we? We will, because you can't do both. That's obviously goes without saying. I am the logical one out of us two, Kyle. So <laughs> I'm going to say if history is an indicator or if track record means anything, I would not be surprised to see her on the boys' side. You're, you're thinking boys? I'm thinking boys. I'm leaning girls. I, I, there's not a wrong decision here for her. So no. It'll no. be fun. We'll, <laughs> we'll hit refresh a lot and see your... Maybe it'll get leaked early or something. We'll but, see. Well, yeah. I have, I'll be honest. I haven't established great Northfield sources yet. So if you have, that well, would kind potentially of weird be an opportunity. You've alienated Elbert Lee, mm-hmm. and you don't have Northfield sources. Mm-hmm. What good are you? So who else <laughs> is going to be competing with Callie Graber at 106? <laughs> yeah, we got Lauren Ellsmore, a sophomore. She got third last year in 2023. Currently ranked uh, second at 106, and also in 2022, she got second. So, um, yeah, she's going to be right there. I did see she defaulted out of the tournament up at Simley, so I'm very hopeful that we'll see her in the the section tournament this weekend. Outsider of um, Ellsmore at 106 pounds, Isabel Townley of Oaton. I know she was somebody going all the way back to the beginning of the season that we identified as a as a potential state competitor. Do you know if she has been there before? Do you have that data in front of you? She got third in 2022. That's what I thought. And then she's currently ranked fifth at 106. Okay. So, yeah. What's exciting about this, and I don't know a lot about girls wrestling. You, you don't know. know a lot about anything, <laughs> about period. Wrestling, period. But, uh. You look at how deep 100, how deep 106 could potentially be. You know, I don't know. Do they, and this is just section one, you know, there's section three that's going to play a, a major factor in here. So I'm just curious uh, what the thought process is for the coaches behind the scenes. You know, do they jump up to 12? Because at 112, I got Zoe Steinkamp from GMLOS. She got eighth at Pine Island. Yeah. And outside of that in section one, I haven't seen a lot of results. Um, I guess Lauren Ellsmore wrestled Pine Island at 112. But uh, outside of that, I just haven't seen a lot of results at 112. So mm-hmm. we'll see. see I'm going to do goes. my job here and distract us for a second. How Hastings is in Section 3 and Marshall is in Section 3. How does that happen? I think that's kind of what Queasley was talking about with this just massive divide with the regions. And yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. But I think they'll get that cleaned up, don't you think? So it's based on enrollment or basically your n- numbers that are involved in the sport. They want that to be even throughout every section. So what I thought... But this is just one section. This is all one section. What I thought he was saying is that the pairing of the sections is entirely based off of the numbers... Number of of girls. girls. Yes. I didn't realize that like Hastings and uh, Marshall could be together because of that. Yeah, I guess I didn't either. 
I don't have to call him back. We're going to have to call him <laughs> back. Unless the shape of Minnesota has changed in the yeah, last that is, couple minutes. Yeah, that is kind of odd. So that was 112. Are you ready for 118? Yes. Okay. Who who do we want to look for in Section 1 at 118, Kyle? Because I'm looking at the rankings here, and all I see is Bernie Rock out of Laverne. Aren't there? Well, you don't really pay attention. So Vivian Holtel of Fillmore Central. She's a junior, ranked number nine at 118. Yeah, how does that pronunciation go? I did it once. I don't need to do it again. She got second this year at Pine Island. Um, and then Brandy Christensen of GMLOS got fourth at PI. So 118, we got a Fillmore Central GMLOS yeah. represented there. Brandy Christensen has had a really good year. She's came on strong. She's had a couple good tournaments here back-to-back. I would not be surprised to see her knocking on the door of a state tournament berth. And then, so looking at some of these other names in the rankings, I mentioned Bernie Rock out of Laverne, Camden Salter of Rosemount. I know her older brother, Ty Salter, is a great wrestler as well. So this looks like it's going to be a good weight class. And then I would be remiss if we didn't mention Charlie Raymond from Simley because Josh Raymond, friend of the show, noted noted podcast host. And I was going to say, outside of them, we're probably the best girls wrestling podcast in minnesota wouldn't you think are there many options details that's his detail (laughs) i I think we're we're firmly in the number two spot we're also the best section one wrestling (laughs) podcast Uh, (laughs) all right 124 we got chloe berg she is a junior Mm -hmm. from chatfield last year she got second uh at state and uh is currently ranked number three at 124 and she got third Uh in pine island and I got a little note here because the next uh, lady that we're going to talk about is Lainey Houts from Northfield, mm-hmm. who got fourth at uh, in 2022, currently ranked seventh. She lost, yeah, she lost to Berg 7-5 at Pine Island, but it was overtime for the third and fourth place match. So okay. that one will be highly contested if they wrestle again you know that should be another fun rematch you see that a lot you know we see that a lot on the boys we talk about lochner swanson i mean maybe this is our new lochner swanson on the girls side it could be we're gonna have to keep (laughs) eyes on that one so yeah that's what i got for 124 yeah i know laney houts has been doing some double duty on the the guys side as well so we'll see how the the section tournament goes for her one 30 kyle the name that jumps out to me is potential top seed would be madeline grabow of pi and this looks like it's a weight that maybe is a little bit more open beyond madeline grabow who else do we got yeah i had a sterling tollison from la crescent she got six at pine island yep she's, so she's came on she's had a, a good year this is the first of about two la crescent ladies that i've seen here so yeah um, Madeline and Sterling are the two from section one that kind of keep your eye on and, and see who else kind of can rise up there. What's also kind of fun is seeing how young some of these ladies are like seventh, eighth, ninth, a lot of those. So mm-hmm. I think we'll get to uh, follow this for a few years. Definitely. And then at one thirty six, so Diane Smith is going to be the big name you recognize there. Diane, was she a state finalist or did she get third at state last year? She is a runner up in twenty twenty three and twenty twenty two. Currently ranked third at one thirty six. Also got second at Pine Island. And there's a good article in the Post Bulletin that kind of talks about her finishing second twice and kind of her goals for the year. So check that out. Do a quick Google search in the Post Bulletin for that if you want to check out. Uh, a little more detail on that but yeah she uh she's been knocking at the door 
now the last couple of years. Hopefully she can come through. She's a senior. And then we've got uh, Hattie Mathry from Byron, a ninth grader, currently ranked number nine at 136th, and she got fifth at the Pine Island Tournament. Okay, good. Yeah, Byron's got a few different girls that are going to be competing. Do you know who wrote that article about uh, Diane Smith, by chance? Alex, you got the last name. Vanden Hooten? Vanden Hooten. Vanden Houston. Oh, dang it. I'm sorry, Hey, Alex. I thought you were going to get him on the podcast. Uh, we're working on it still. We're trying to find something that works. Contracts. Contracts. Way. Negotiations. Yeah. Right. yeah. Once once money talks started <laughs> happening, I was like, the lawyers are going to have to be They're going to take it from here. Yeah. So, all right. And then at, uh, that was 136. Jumping in to 142, we got Aaliyah Fisher, an eighth grader from Owatonna. She got fifth last year at the state tournament, currently ranked number three at 142. And then the other one, we've got Grace Finley from Chatfield. And that's a that's a last name from Section 1 Finley. I think I've heard that forever. Uh, ranked number seven at 142. So we got two, two there. Yeah, I have never heard the last name Finley in Section 1. If you can send Are me you some, serious? You can send me some receipts. I would appreciate right. that. This is, yeah. So I forgot to mention, we're looking for a new podcast host at the end of the year when we fire Logan. So if anyone's interested, give us a call. So. The, one, the, one, the one requirement for the job description is you have to be able to tolerate Kyle. <laughs> that is it's, fair. It's a big ask. All right. 148. We've got Ivy Kester of Chatfield. She's a junior, currently ranked number eight at 148. Is it Elena Callies from Century. Uh-huh. She got fourth yep. at Pine Island. Yep. And then we got Zoe Bly, another La Crescent uh, lady here uh, that got fifth at Pine Island. So three there at 148 uh, with Ivy kind of leading the pack. Uh, rank number four or eight, sorry. Yep. And then from section three there, Elizabeth Dake of New Alm area is the number two ranked wrestler in the state. So that one could be a bit more competitive. Maybe one of those weights where... You know, the number one spot looks like it's kind of claimed for, and then there's an open opportunity after that for a Section 1 wrestler, but we'll see. And if you guys can hear that in the background, that's good use. Probably first girl wrestler by the time that'll be. Yeah, you know, she's two, so a yeah. few years off. She'll, she'll she's be chirping out there at Logan. Telling Logan. Years. You know, I've been teaching her how the, to chirp at Logan. The so. door is shut on the Honicky Hog studio, <laughs> and it sounds like a lot of babbling, but I think what she's saying is, Logan, get out here, you coward. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to take it to you. So, all right, 155, we got Erica Hansen from Lake City. She's a junior, ranked eighth at uh, 155. She mm-hmm. got second in Pine Island. Mm-hmm. And then Allie Peterson of Byron, and she got fourth at Pine Island. So, this Erica Hansen. I should have done a little more research. Did she wrestle last year? Do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She did? Okay. Yep, yep. So, yeah, so she's currently uh, yeah ranked 8th at 155 uh, from Lake City. Mm-hmm. And then, so out of Section 3, Skylar Little Soldier. If you know names from girls wrestling, you probably know Skylar Little Soldier's name from Hastings. She, she used to beat on the boards in junior high. I or, think. Yeah. A lot of people beat on the boards. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Lucas and Ryan, including the boardses. Yeah, beat they beat on the boards. Yeah, but I remember her kind of working them over back in the day. If I'm not mistaken, I believe she was the first girls wrestler to get a win in the team portion of the boys state tournament. Oh, really? Yes, hmm. I think so. I think so. And she's a senior, so 
her last year. And then another rock from Laverne, CC Rock, is going to be in that bracket as well. So 155 looking pretty tough. Yeah. 170, we've got Taya Viker from Mayo. Okay. She got fifth at Pine Island. And outside of that, I couldn't find too many more results. So I don't know if you got any... Uh, no, just a couple Section 3 wrestlers that are probably going to be in there. Esther Say of Marshall and then Danica Fueling of Eastridge are both top 10 ranked wrestlers. Uh, interesting, once again, that Eastridge and Marshall are in the same <laughs> section. just blows my mind. So some opportunities there at 170. All right, and then we got 190. I'm gonna. Can I tell them the issue you had with the ranker at 190? I will. It's fine. We've had the conversation. I think you didn't say that was off the record. So go ahead. We've got uh, Katie Zewelin, Whelan from Fillmore Central, Lanesboro, Mabel Canton. She got fifth last year at 223, currently ranked number four at 190. What, she, what did you say she was at last year? Did you say 223? Oh, yeah, I did. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's she, a heck of a weight class. She got fifth in 2023. Okay. I think that's what I said. Okay. Uh, rank number four at 190. Uh, she got fourth at Pine Island. And then we've got Elena Klingsporn from Pine mm-hmm. Island, mm-hmm. who got second at Pine Island. Okay. And I think this is where you're like, don't rankers pay attention to results? Are you smack talking <laughs> the girl's ranker? You're the one that brought it up. I just am a casual observer here. You are so full of it. Jason. <laughs> Don't believe a word he says. <laughs> so, yeah, we got Elena Klingsporn. She got second at the Pine Island Tournament. And then Sylvia Thompson Jewel from Rochester Mayo got fifth. So, fun little uh, bracket there. We're rankings. We'll see. See who's right. See who's wrong. Sure. And then the 235-pound bracket should be, honestly, this might be my favorite one here, Kyle. Jeriana Marshall, she's ranked third in state. She was a state entrant, state place winner last year. So she's she's established. Maddie Hamilton from Byron is now all the way up to fourth in the rankings. She is not somebody that I knew anything about really coming into the year. She she has progressed all the way throughout. She's had some great wins. She's placed high at, I think, the Simile Tournament and the Pine Island Tournament. Yeah, she got first at Pine Island. Got first at Pine Island, and that was really the the exclamation point that, that made me notice. So that... That's going to be really fun with two Section 1 studs. And then also Haley Barr of Marshall. Haven't seen her wrestle, but she's somebody to watch in the 235-pound bracket as well. Well, you also missed Maya Elbling from Century. She got fourth in 2022 and is currently ranked 10th. Mm. So, yeah, this yeah. is a loaded bracket. And then Chloe Meyer from GMLOS got six at Pine Island as well and had a couple good wins that day. So, sure. Wide open here. This one will be a one that'll be competitive. So, so I'm gonna pick my favorite brackets, Kyle. I already said 235, and then I'm also gonna say 155 with Skylar Little Soldier in there, CC Rock, and Erica Hansen. I'm curious to see. I don't want to hand Skylar Little Soldier her section title already, but I really want to see who comes out in that number two spot because I think there's a real opportunity there with a lot of wrestlers kind of on the same level. You got a? Do you got a favorite, or do you just love the sport and you love all the brackets? I want to see 100, 106, and two thirty-five. Okay. Those those I think have the most depth and parity. And then the other thing is just obviously like what we said earlier: is Callie going to go one hundred six girls, one hundred seven boys? And if she goes girls, fun little match there with Ellsmore. Um, 
Yeah, you got Maggie Olson. I think yeah, those first two and the last one. So you want you and I do a little friendly bet on whether or not Callie Graber goes boys or girls. We do not wager on high school sports, Logan. We've had this conversation many times. We'll have it off the mic once again. <laughs> so so that's your section uh, kind of preview for the girls' side of the things. Pretty excited to get this underway, and finally, after months of speculation. And Logan trying to predict the future. We're here. And uh, next week we will know who is headed to the state tournament out of Section 1. So, mm-hmm. on the side. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. So before we throw it over to Mr. Mark Queasley, we're going to do that in just a second. We better thank our sponsors, Kyle. And I'm going to put you on the spot now with some trivia. Can you name, <laughs> can you name our five sponsors? Of course I can. All right. The floor is yours. We got Michael Odomo with, I don't know how you say that. Hogum Insurance. We're going to give you a half point for no, that. No, I got that. It's right. Hogum Insurance. That's what I said. Yep. We got Lodemeyer's. Big thanks to Dustin, Ty, and Brent over there at Lodemeyer's. Okay. Ag Partners. Yep. We had, Speaking of Ag Partners, Joe Morgan was in uh, Good You. He was. On uh, whatever day that was. I I, I woke up I woke up that morning. It was uh Good You in Lake City gonna wrestle on Thursday night and it hit me. I was like, there's no way Joe Morgan is not refing the Good You Lake City match. Yep. So that's good. You know, and there you can't really be biased. You work in Good You, I think live in Lake City, so right. you're, it's you're you're good. I think it's okay to say that Joe lives in Lake City because we're not giving out his address, right? I think but that's if he okay. makes a bad call, we can. We if can just text us, we'll yeah, send him your way. So and then we've got uh the Heman Tree Service. I'm not going to spell it because just Google it. You'll find it. Yep. <laughs> and then we Can got- you spell it? There's a side <laughs> trivia question. And then we got Ace Moving and Warehouse down there in Rochester, just moving all the transfers in the cities around and in your Rochester area. You freaking nailed it. Well, duh. I, this is I respect good. our sponsors. This I'm is- not going to say like Lodemeyer's uh, build silos. This is the last time I will ever question you, Kyle. Okay. You've you've earned it. Well, in done. the next thirty minutes, maybe. But yeah, there's yeah. an asterisk next to that. So, so no big thank you to the sponsors. Honestly, we didn't know what this uh, year was going to entail, but they've uh, really helped uh, contribute with our our startup and all that. And mm-hmm. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been good. So we'll get it over to Mark Queasley now. Make sure you turn in next week and the following weeks, and check jvtakes.com for written work. Thank you. Welcome to JV Takes, and JV Takes would like to welcome Mr. Mark Queasley to the show. Mark is the Activities Director for Rochester Century, the Co-Tournament Director for Section 1 Wrestling Tournament, and the Administrator for Region 1 Wrestling. How are you doing today, Mr. Queasley? Well, great. I've been to church, and I'm feeling really good, and so I guess that's a good way to start my days. And it is a beautiful Sunday morning, and the sun is shining, so good. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's two days in a row here. It's uh, kind of nice to see that sunshine again after a gloomy, like, three weeks, it seemed like. so. Certainly, agree with you. And the section wrestling tournament right around the corner, so it's a good time of year. Things are turning in the right direction. I'm guessing you're a pretty busy man this time of year. Are you getting that Section 1 wrestling playlist ready for the Mayo Civic Center? <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, a lot of coaches like that playlist. There's a lot of kids that think I should update that playlist, but you know what? It doesn't have swear words and it doesn't have uh, any inappropriate uh, 
uh, gesture and um, uh, words, I should say, in this mm -hmm. day and age, and it's, you know, so uh, I'm very cautious about we're, we're an educational setting, and I want to make sure that we're playing music that's educationally appropriate, too. So you got to keep that one around forever. That one can't die. <laughs> <laughs> that's our vote Whenever. well that's good that's good Whenever. i like the music i can wander the arena and feel like i'm in my own genre I guess, so. <laughs> yeah i like it i'm always ready to go on section saturday morning or section section friday morning but when you walk into the civic center and you hear imagine dragons it just it takes it to another level so keep it up <laughs> Uh, sure. So, for the folks who may not know you super well, Mr. Queasley, would you give us just a little bit of uh, brief background on your education, maybe some coaching or other administrative experiences that you've had? Sure, absolutely. Um, I uh, This is my 33rd year in athletic administration, uh, all within Rochester Public Schools. I'm a Stewartville High School graduate. I'm a southeastern Minnesota, born and raised. Uh, I love this area of Minnesota. I think it's got such rich traditions in a lot of sports and activities. And I've, I've come back and have felt at home. Um, I went to Rochester Community College. And then I went on to Winona State and got three degrees from Winona State. Um, all through college, I was coaching. Uh, I, I've been an active wrestler since second grade. And um, then um, was the head coach at John Marshall for six years, had two, two state champions while we were there and, and running that program. And um, 10 years or 11 years of, of paid coaching experience. I coached football too. I coached uh, girls track one year. Um, so I, and I've done a variety of things. I have two daughters that uh, went through competitive athletics. So I even tried my hand at basketball one winter and I wasn't very successful, but <laughs> I could sit on the bench and growl at the coach or the officials. So, yeah. So that's 90% of coaching, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. It is. So it's, it sounds like Mr. Queasley, you've kind of been in the Southeast corner of the state for most of your career. So on the show, we have a bit called section one versus the world it sounds like maybe we should get you a t-shirt that says section one versus the world <laughs> yeah or uh one of the few born and raised you know it, it's interesting you, you really start to feel old when you see these names coming around and their dads were people that you participated against or um i had s six brothers so i see a lot of names throughout their wrestling uh, you know when i was sitting in the bleachers watching some of the people that they wrestled and it, it's just amazing the family of wrestling and how it it really comes around and and like i said there's rich tradition in southeastern minnesota uh with that and and uh uh, there's a lot of people now that either come back and work section events for us or our officials uh, for us on the wrestling mat. And it's just great that they're giving back to the sport that helped them. Um, and I believe that's what I'm doing is giving back to the sport that offered me so many great things as a kid in high school and even as a coach that when I walked away from coaching, I just said, I'm not done with this. This is, this is the next journey um, that I want to do is administer tournaments. And I've been blessed to be in the right place at the right time. Um, 
to have those opportunities as we'll talk here today uh, with kind of my um, background in this sport. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that. When I got done with wrestling myself, I just felt like I owed something to my coaches or the wrestling community wanted to find ways to give back. I think that's a, that's just the hallmark of a good sport and a good community. That is the section one wrestling family. So how did you get involved as the tournament director? And maybe it wasn't even the tournament director right away, but with the section one wrestling tournament. Um, uh, I was a pro I was, I was still coaching at the time and I was approached by Gary Addington, the director uh, my supervisor, actually, um, he was the supervisor of athletics for Rochester Public Schools when I was at John Marshall at that time. And uh, he came to me and said, would you be interested in running the section tournament? And I'm like, holy smokes, you know, I I thought about whether I was ready for something like that and, uh, or not. And it was an opportunity. And now 28 years later, I'm still doing it. And uh I absolutely love it. I love this time of year. It's extremely challenging. Um, I believe that the reason why Section 1 does so well is the consistency of the same manager. Uh, Mm -hmm. The same same rules are put in place every year, Um, the knowledge of sport. And, And to move this tournament from location to location, um, I believe is not always healthy for the sport. Yes, it's healthy for a community to host it, um, but uh, the sport of wrestling is very complex, especially the team tournaments and all the little um, nuances of weigh-ins versus uh, who reports on the mat first and, and why those forfeits and all, all those pieces because then a wrong interpretation of that um, just has such a domino effect. And I think the coaches in section one um, like the fact that they know what's going on every mm-hmm. year. And from the 11th of November through the conclusion of the state tournament, they know they can pick up their phone and call me and say, Hey, I got this scenario or, Hey, can you give me some advice on that? And that's been Great. In fact, uh, yesterday I was sitting in a coffee shop and my phone had been blowing up for a day and a half and I thought we had it right. And um, after a half an hour conversation, I was still scratching my head and I'm like, I got to get my arms around this because it's not only southeastern Minnesota I'm answering this question for, it's the state of wrestling in Minnesota. And so I I believe I, I got to a comfort level in an an interpretation of a, of a rule with our head official and, and uh, he and I felt comfortable and we're ready, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. for what's coming because there, there are just nuances, especially in this 50% way in and um, kids coming off injuries now, Mm -hmm. how you do, how do you appeal that? Or um, how are you counting matches versus not counting matches? Um, in a forfeit or a default and and those are just you don't get those in other sports mm-hmm. and um i don't know I'm, I'm maybe i'm off on a little tyrant here but it is logan and kyle 
the difficult part. And I think that's why people are like hands off and said, Queasley's got this. I'm not worrying about it, you know, so. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a little known fact about JV Takes, Mr. Queasley, is that Kyle and I actually co-directed a junior varsity wrestling tournament over a year ago and I did I, did, <laughs> I forgot about that. I did do most of the work and it really made me realize how many nuances there are and appreciate the work that you guys do because there's just so many details and like you said that all the way down to the nitty gritty of you know wrestlers being eligible at certain weights or rules. There's just a really a lot of small things even beyond like the venue and scheduling. Yeah, that's uh it's well, first of all, I'm going to say, was Kyle just standing there smiling at people and waving and, and being your uh, uh, banner? Like, like a greeter. You did all the heavy lifting. He was drinking coffee and signing autographs. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds very typical. <laughs> it, it, it is, you know, and I, I pride myself, and this is a little ego trip, on having a quality experience for kids coaches and spectators and um i am not a bells and whistles guy i just want people to have a, a fair quality experience and um in our world of self-glorification and um promoting myself as an individual i think that sometimes is the hardest part of the job whether me as an ad or me as a tournament manager you know Oh, so-and-so got 100 wins or so-and-so's birthday today. Yep, congratulations. We're, we're moving on with our tournament. Why, why don't you announce that? Congratulations. You know, <laughs> that, that, that's for your school to, you know, do something special in your community uh, for that students, you know, and, and yeah. And so. in one, in one thing with that, I mean, you probably get pressures all the time, and I would say with the experience, experience of high school kids being able to wrestle at the Mayo Civic Center. I mean, I'm sure that gets brought up. There's probably pressures to split the tournament, to go to off-site venues. You see that around the other state where, you know, other sections yeah. are wrestling in gyms and yeah. stuff and and from a fan, coach, wrestler perspective, the Civic Center is the best in the business. And I mean, how do you manage all those different uh <laughs> com- well, no, I don't say complaints. Yeah, there are some different personalities that enter into that, you know, and Kyle used to sit at the table as an AD and listen to some of those conversations that I would bring back to our region committee and talk about um, why it's important and why it's important for kids. And, and I do, I do have some coaches who would prefer it to be in a gym once every eight years in their community because it's a fundraiser or because you know it's a long day or what whatever the excuse or the rationale might be and um when we get almost 2500 people in that arena for the individual semifinals in the morning and then that evening for the championships those kids will never wrestle in an atmosphere like that ever again maybe and um that's what I like about it. There's an electricity, the place is rocking, the place is buzzing, um, and you can watch all three classes all at the same time and uh, see, uh, as a spectator, quality wrestling. 
you, you know, and you can go from, as you know, we run six mats and you're, you're head bobbing all afternoon and evening to, trying to watch the best matches. Um, but yet in that setting, you can watch multiple great matches going on at once. And, and uh, that's what's, I think, special and unique about ours. There's a lot of people throughout Minnesota that are like, oh, you run the section one? I hear great things about that um, atmosphere for kids. And, and it comes from officials. I have officials dying to get into our section and officiate it. And uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed that we have state tournament officials. The people that you see on the mat down at the arena are on the floor the next week at the state tournament. So it's not a... Um, just a normal Saturday invitational. This this is a big deal for kids and, and, and coaches. And um, I want the right people. And I, I've always felt surround yourself with good people and get the heck out of the way. And 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 that's kind of what I do. I plan along with Tom and my brother, and we plan and plan and plan so that when those whistles blow, we can step back and just in a weird way watch and manage and troubleshoot and bring a calm to whether it's the table workers or the officials to say hey yeah we got this don't worry about it we'll figure it out um and over the years yeah we've had some tenacious things that have, have happened um but i also think we did the best we could with the information we had to um move that athlete forward or not move that athlete forward or those types of things so yeah or a snowstorm that like shut down 52 oh my gosh yeah <laughs> that was a day yeah in my 28 years uh we've had twice where we've had the entire a double a and triple a uh at the civic center for the team tournament um and we we put down eight mats and started wrestling at eight o'clock in the morning the last round was at eight o'clock at night and people chip in because when when weather plays havoc on us people understand that you know yeah things have to change you know and um or we move a tournament up a day or we stop a day and we put everything to the next day you know and um i've gone through enough of those scenarios where I've got a tournament format, I think, in my hip pocket for dang near anything that can come o come our way after 28 years for Tom and I. So, yeah. And so on that, I guess that's maybe a good segue into, do you have some memorable moments from Section 1 that just stick out, like maybe good, bad, otherwise indifferent, a match, anything like that? I can remember a school on um, Friday night, we said we're going to wrestle down to the metal round and then you go home. So, um, and we had a school that left early and we were about 7.30 at night calling kids and from this one school and they, they weren't coming to the mat, weren't coming to the mat. I had the cell phone of the coach and I called the coach and I said, where are you? He goes, well, our bus just pulled into the school. And I'm like, what? We're, we're, we're in the last round of wrestling. And um, three or four of those kids were seated wrestlers. And they just eliminated themselves from the tournament, you know, because they were, we were not done wrestling. And the next morning, 
I had a rules committee that we, I had to put together and we talked about it and there was no way that we could do it fairly and back up or make accommodations to put the kids back in the tournament because and I just felt really bad for the kids because it was a mistake um, by the adults and I I have to own part of that too is that I thought I communicated well enough with everybody and that was the coach's first um, time uh, in our section and everything and uh, so that one was tough um, I I do remember one of those snowstorms where um, somebody went out with a tractor and picked up kids. <laughs> I um, remember that. <laughs> and uh, others went out on a snowmobile, picked up kids. Uh, one bus went in reverse a mile because they hit a snowdrift so big that they couldn't continue down the road. And when they get to the arena and tell you these stories, you're just like, oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> you know, all for the sport of wrestling. But yet those coaches did not want those kids not to participate, you know. And um, and uh, I would rather start a tournament late than, than have somebody uh, because of a bus issue or because, you know. Uh, another great story I have is right after, you know, this is right after cell phones got going. Um, I was at the state state tournament helping out, and uh, a school got stuck on the elevator. State championship <laughs> duel. I'll state championship that duel. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he happened to take all the cell phones away from the kids during the state tournament, except for one cell phone, and he happened to have it in the elevator with him. And so he calls me, and I, I said, "Where are you?" And he goes. I'm stuck in the elevator at the Continental or whatever it was at that time. I said, how long are you going to be? Oh, we're going to be probably a half an hour before the elevator guy can get here. And I'm like, oh, my. And I said, what? And he goes, yeah, we're packed into two elevators. So 20 kids were stuck. And it wasn't like a third of the kids. And so we, we had the weigh-in done, of course, in the morning. So I go to Craig Perry at the high school league, who was the director of the state tournament at that time. And, I said, you're not going to believe this, but <laughs> our team is stuck in the elevator. Here in the arena? I said, no, at their hotel. And he is like, what? And I said, this is not a kid or a coach's fault. We got a delay. And uh, we delayed um, over a half an hour the start of that duel. And it was one, it was truly number one versus number two there. And uh, the, I went. And I remember Craig saying, well, you get to explain it to the coach on the other side of the bench. And I'm like, why me? You know, why me? <laughs> so I go over and I have a good relationship with him. And I said, you're not going to believe this, but they're stuck in an elevator. How long? And I said, I don't know. We're, we're in limbo. So as soon as I got the phone call that they were out of the elevator, the kids ran the six blocks to the arena. They didn't need a warm up after that. And then uh, they came into the arena and I said, let's get settled, you know, and it turned out to be one heck of a duel. Um, but it was just like, you, you can't write a script for something like that, guys. It's just, yeah. Did, uh, so did I the, laugh about that one now, but at the time that one probably wasn't a funny one. So did yeah. the elevator team win or the team that actually got to warm up win? Um, I don't remember. I honestly don't remember either. It's funny that well, it was Cass and Manorville. 
for oh, people okay. on there. Um, yeah. That's a great and, question. And honestly, Will Short handled it great on the other side. Um, and uh, th those are just unique situations that truly happened, you know, and, and uh, yet it was truly the two best teams. You, we could, I wouldn't have gotten out of the arena if we said, oh, that team's going to forfeit. Uh, no, mm -hmm. I wouldn't bodyguard better than Taylor Swift. It would have been uh, bad enough. So, um, We got to get St yeah. Sam Stoll on here to recount that. I remember seeing his face. And he was a little nervous, I think. Yeah. That oh, was, yeah. That was yeah. a night. Yeah. That was crazy. Uh, <laughs> and if I remember right, it came down to the last two matches, you know. So, um, you know, and I, uh, another time we had a kid that didn't make weight and uh, a coach didn't carry another 107-pounder or 103-pounder, whatever it was that year. And I'm just like, oh, my. I, and I've always said, you only need one alternate. You need a hundred. You, you need the lowest weight class kid as an alternate, I, and that way, with an injury, with someone not making weight, you can move everybody else up. And uh, there's a number of coaches that still do not carry a second 103 pounder, a 107 pounder, and I've always said that should be a given. And people are like, no, 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 no. So then we had that team in the state championship that year without a they had to forfeit the first weight class you know and it's just one of those situations where man oh man but it's so yeah there have been some unique stories over the years with all of these yeah i get it if you're you know you're strapped on numbers like you just don't have a kid that's ready to be an alternate or whatever at that weight but you'd think with injury risks and stuff Kids, they would uh, they would be willing to carry an alternate there. Um, going back to the snow story, Mr. Queasley, I think <laughs> so. I was wrestling in the 2014 section tournament, and there was there was a snowstorm that ruined hundreds of people's days. But there was one particular wrestler from Goodyear that got saved because he definitely <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to see. He would not have made weight without that snowstorm. He was. Uh, <laughs> The, the 25 was mile an hour drive he was a smaller kid it wasn't the good you team was there right but coach grant was not and they were the good you there were good you team was coming in waves and there was one particular kid that was trying to work off the last few ounces and he barely i made remember it by the, this story the hair of his up. chin i was driving I my old that. buick trying to get jg to the uh to the tournament down 52 followed one little single lane yeah oh it was that was a that was a day so, so. sometimes a snowstorm's a curse and sometimes it's a blessing <laughs> depends but, who you yeah, are yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah you guys always adjust on the fly which is the big thing well and um again the spectators don't know all the little things that could be happening behind the scenes to accommodate or change weigh-ins or change medical checks or, or whatever might happen, you know, and, um, yeah, it's just, Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. There's you know. a lot of things you got to do to adjust on the fly. Speaking of, yeah. you know, making adjustments for the tournament, when the state high school league sanctioned girls wrestling, that had to have been kind of a new adventure for you guys especially with like the co-oping of section one and this year it's section three, 
last year's section one and section four. What was that kind of like putting together the first girls tournament? Well, uh, as you may or may not know, uh, girls wrestling, we had about 560 girls in wrestling last year and we're well over a thousand this year. So it's, it's amazing how fast this sport is growing on us, which is a good thing. Um, I am being cautious in my role. I want to make sure that we keep at a high level quality tournament where rather than just qualify kids, we know that those kids deserve to be on the mat at the Excel center. Mm -hmm. Um, And so last year, Hastings, as you know, hosted um, section one, two, three, and four, and we matched them up. And this year, again, we're matching them up, not based on competitiveness, but we're matching up, up based on the number of entrants in section three and in section four so we can kind of balance the tournament um and from a spectator's view they're like oh geez the two best girls are going to be head to head in section three versus four why didn't you put it one versus three and it's like no uh, we were looking at all the numbers and that's how we balance that um with john peterson and john runs our track wrestling and he can look at all the numbers of girls in Minnesota. And we know we're still, um, not all girls might wrestle in that tournament, but we have to make decisions based on data versus faces. And so initially we had four sites picked out. We had Hastings, Redwood Valley, Bemidji, and, um, uh, bank and, um, Anyway, it'll come to my brain. Somewhere and, in Minnesota. Uh, wasn't Belchester, was it? No. Uh, if it's Mazeppa, you forgot Mazeppa, you're toast. Not Melrose, <laughs> boy. Anyway, um, and uh, we came to find out that as much as we picked out those four areas geographically through Minnesota, throughout Minnesota, all of a sudden um, we were Redwood Valley and Hastings we're in the same section and and same with Bemidji and Melrose anyway um and so we're like gosh dang it because in girls it's still one class versus three classes in boy and um so that was a hiccup that Charlie Campbell and I came across um because I I had the sites already worked out at, as we finished the state wrestling tournament last year, I had called the ADs and I said, hey, we're geographically looking at this. And they're like, great, thanks for giving us a year. Heads up, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, criminy. And then I never, Charlie and I never thought of they're going to be in, in the same class or, or same competitive region. And so, um, so we realized going from Caledonia to Redwood, is not an easy trip or going uh, to Bemidji is not an easy trip. Um, And we hope that schools don't look at that and say, I'm not taking the girls because that would be a shame. Those girls deserve the opportunity just like a boy would. And uh, so that's why um, I believe it's important for us to continue looking at these sites the best we can. um, and we've talked about sites for next year already, and I think we have 
geograph four geographic sites that we can plot um, schools into that that makes sense. If if um, if I'm kind of telling you, mm -hmm. like for next year, um, these aren't final yet, the high school league, but we we want to have Redwood have the opportunity again to host. Um, and it would be probably section three and four. Um, and then Rochester will probably host section one and section two at Century High School. And then um, Bemidji will still host. And um, then we're, we're looking at St. Mike's, I believe, as the, uh, the fourth host. So that we can kind of um, pinpoint better geographic locations you know so and sure. an hour and a half drive for somebody to qualify for um a state tournament is not unrealistic you know you we do that in a lot of tournaments but get to the championship round so mm -hmm. yeah if and if they have an hour and a half drive and they're wrestlers boy do i have a podcast for them um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. if uh so just, I, just give me the link and i'll get it out to them so that they haven't been listening in the car you know or the bus or whatever so it'll be in your email inbox in 30 seconds <laughs> all right so yeah. i don't want to tie you into too much reckless speculation here but um it seems to me that the next logical step if the enrollment numbers on the girls side continue to grow like they have been is the next logical step eight sections like boys or are they still some sort of co-oping with other regions? Um, I first, we're, we're trying to look at a, like a five-year plan. And of course, you know, this is year two of five and, and, um, year three, geez, excuse me. Um, and, and I think that we are trying to make sure that, um, we we're seeing the quality growth, but yet I, I do think, um, as I've been talking with league staff and trying to, through the coaches association, one of the other, a couple of pieces to this one is, should we be limiting girls to four only girls events during the year and, and the match count of 45, or should those girls have the same opportunity as boys? And if that school has the capability of doing 16 girls events, why should we hold them back? They should be able to do 16 regular season events just like the boys. Um, because some schools do have enough kids for team tournaments, you know. And uh, I, I think that is, number one, the next step in growth during the regular season is offer our member schools the flexibility uh, to schedule more girls only events rather than just four. Um, I don't know what that wording looks like, but I, I don't think a boy or a girl should have more than 16 events in a regular season. However, a school wants to, uh, administer that is up to that individual school. Um, so I, I think that's one step during the regular season. The next step is, is, Yes, uh, we would like to move to eight geographic locations. I think next year having four geographic locations is good. Um, I, I do think in another year we are strategically looking at eight 
um, section sites. And um, I, I also think that as this girls sport grows, we're also going to see um, the need for the format of the state tournament to change. And I am really stepping out on a limb on that one, but I, I, <laughs> you no want to commit way, to anything here? <laughs> uh, there's no way that um, we can hold girls to eight uh, an eight person bracket when the boys are getting sixteen. And um, so we've been talking with the Excel Center about what would that look like um, down the road for us too. And, uh, of course, you know, the only route we could go is a Wednesday session. And I, we've had some close calls on Wednesdays with the mats being delivered. And um, uh, so we're, we're going to have to do something different. You know, can we make a Friday or, excuse me, a Wednesday session work? Absolutely. Um, but my first key is, is eight mats on the arena floor. Uh, and that's not an easy task sometimes when the wild are in there Tuesday night until 10 o'clock. And then we have to flip that arena. And the arena staff does an awesome job for us. But, um, yeah, so uh, there's, some, there's some steps to this. So, And it seems like a natural uh, fit then to go to double elimination, huh? You've never heard about that, oh, have you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I did not put those words. Those words did not come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding. And the other thing I know, and I, I remember this from back in my day, right? The When we used to do the team at the state tournament, you know, and it kind of build to that Saturday state yeah. finals. And, and obviously as a fan, that was awesome. Um, and I know there was coaches that pushed back on, you know, the reasons to go to a one day. I would love to, this is just my own personal rant here. I would love to see like at least a Wednesday Thursday night state finals team there. I don't know who I, I got. I think, I think we would see something like that. Um, now, in my eyes, it's great for a community to come in for one day, see their team wrestle three times and go home versus stretch it over three days and the financial commitment on that family to try and follow their team. Um, uh, and, and as you know, our dual meet format on that Thursday is absolutely awesome. You know, that place is rocking and, and, uh, it's not because of my music. It's, it's rocking <laughs> because of other things. Um, but we would also want to highlight that championship round in the evening. So you're right. We would probably look at a Thursday night for the dual meet finals and run some, some wrestling, uh, during the day on Thursday, some individual wrestling, what that format would look like. If, but yeah, that would, I, yeah. I think what the best part is when you can spread it out over to, even like if you look at the basketball tournaments, volleyball, it doesn't matter as those communities just grow throughout the week, you know, and just yeah. giving them that yeah. opportunity yeah. that, that 12 yeah. hours or that 24 hours to plan and be like, Hey, I get to go to the state finals tomorrow. I think, you know, yeah. that's, that's an awesome, uh, that would be really fun. Well, and if you remember, you guys are young pups compared to me, but there used to be a day and age where with that team tournament over three days, some of these kids, and this was before the 50% rule, so I'm really dating myself. You know, some kids were diving two weight classes for the championship duel because of the, 
the growth allowance plus the weight allowance over three days. And um, it, we weren't managing the sport correctly, I believe, at that point, you know. And, um, but yet, um, weigh-ins and that is something that we'll have to consider and how we manage that. So, um, you know, and you think a, a kid in a team tournament cannot have a competitive advantage over somebody that's coming in for the first day of an individual tournament. Um, so your weigh-in structure will have to change, and, and which is feasible and doable and everything. It's just uh, adds a little bit different complexity to it when you go from Wednesday to Thursday to Friday to Saturday weigh-ins. Sure. So. Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ideas that we could kick around. You know, us three experienced tournament directors, we could <laughs> yeah, we could yeah. do this all afternoon. And if yeah. if the state high school league ever needs a consult, Mr. Queasley, you guys can just call <laughs> and right, us right. up, okay? We could do all a live right. podcast at the state high school league with okay, all of our opinions. Okay. okay. <laughs> like a lot of things, my opinion doesn't matter. It only matters to me, but no, uh, you and me come both. up with a lot of great ideas. They sound great to me, but you know, yeah, yeah, right there with you, right well, there good. with you. I got a couple. I got a couple things I was doing some research on while we were talking here, and then we'll we'll wrap this up. But it was KM. They did win in 2013. Uh, okay. It did. It came down to uh, Brock Berge sealed it at 2:15. So, yeah, totally. what's funny about that? So it was against Simley. What's interesting about that duel? is there was two forfeits. There was one at 106, similarly forfeited, and then they also forfeited at heavyweight. They just yeah. knew the outcome with Sam. So sure, yeah. that, that's why they did that. So If I was Simile's heavyweight, well, I, think, I would be didn't begging they for turn around and wrestle again? Didn't Sam and that kid wrestle in the state semis? Oh, they might have, yeah. You, you know, I can't remember that scenario, but yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah. And then the move Bergy up a weight class, if I remember right. Yep, yep. So look at that. Their warm up was a jog to the. Maybe every team yeah. should do that. Just jog to the XL and go right into it. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. And then I got trivia. Logan loves trivia, so I'm going to put all Logan right. on the spot. These are Rochester uh, trivia. I'm going to start with the I think easy one. We'll see. You can both jump in here if you got the answer. Who is the Rochester's last state champion? The Rochesters, as in including so, Century. Century, Mayo, JM. Oh, I didn't question. include Lourdes. They don't count. <laughs> Do you know it, Mr. Queasley? Well, I believe it's Matt Mosseth, head coach down in Chatfield. You are correct. And Logan looks shocked. Wow. He didn't know that. That is impressive. <laughs> I already held Mr. Mosseth in high regards, but even more so now. Yep. Yeah. So that must yeah. have been around early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. In fact, JM had a couple of kids that were close. Um, but yeah, Matt, and then Matt went on and had a great collegiate career too. I think Luth. He was at no. UW Lacrosse. Lacrosse, Lacrosse yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, Matt, as you know, Matt um, has done an awesome job while Bartels down there did a great job and Joel Viss before okay. um, in running that program. And Matt has stepped in and continued to keep that uh, team going in the right direction there. And so uh, they're tough this year, um, once again, you know, but. Sometimes the demon of being seated number one in our section is not a good thing either, you know. So, um, but uh, yeah, Matt Mosseth, 
trivia question for you guys. At John Marshall, who are the only two state champions in what weight class are they? <laughs> I actually got it up here, so I'm going to have to defer to Logan. <laughs> Could you give me a hint on the year or the decade? Uh, late 80s, early 90s. Is it somebody you think I would know, Kyle? Not a chance. No? <laughs> All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Mr. Those Cuisine. two guys will love that are, they're part of trivia. <laughs> Joe Miller was a 130-pound state champion. And then Josh Freet was a 130-pound state champion for John Marshall. I was just about to say both of those gentlemen. They were right on <laughs> yeah. the tip of my tongue. Yeah, 1994 and 1989. Yeah, um, we had a great hockey program in 1989, and Doug Zamolik was on the hockey team, and Freet was um, – no, Joe Miller and, and Z were best friends, and, and John Marshall got in a lot of trouble together too. But um, they uh, – in the, we had the section tournament at John Marshall, and I hosted that. And we were in the section finals against the Noatana name, Chad Krippner. He was the most winning wrestler at that time in Oatana. And uh, heated match back and forth, and Krippner beat us uh, right, right at the buzzer. We got in the state finals against Krippner again, which happens a lot, you know. Um, and... Uh, we won three to two because Krippner grabbed our big toe on our um, on Joe Miller and had a penalty point against him. And he was trying to get out from underneath Joe and wrenched his toe and the ref called him for it. So that was uh, ironic how we won that state championship. So, and then Josh Freed was a four-time state intern for us. And Josh had Brandon Paulson in his side of the bracket. Ty Fredericks in his side of the bracket, and uh, uh, um, kid from Osseo, Drog not Drogemuller. Maybe it was Drogemuller. One, yeah. So there, there's some great wrestlers back in the early '80s and '90s that you know went on to gr do great things at university and Olympic level, as you know. And and uh, so um, yeah. Funny, funny stuff. So, this is, I'm not going to do trivia because this would be too tricky. But what's interesting about the year, now I'm down a rabbit hole. In 1989, there was a coach that is in section one that won it at heavyweight from Hibbing. Peacocks. Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. And then you look here, uh, Willie Short, Simley at yeah. 152. And then Chad Carlson from Wilmer. And then Chad yeah. Tabilla from Monticello. I mean, that yeah. one year in double A, yeah. holy cows. So, yeah. Nick Fornick, I think he's the head coach at Eastview, too. Yes, he is. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. Wow. 189. Yeah. Well, that was we the talk year. about how we're giving back to the sport of wrestling. That, that's truly um, the uniqueness of, of that, um, to be able to do that uh, in all of those guys um, in their era and and uh yeah it's it's, it's funny so I'll, I'll give you another trivia so um when i had josh freet in the state finals my brother tom at fairmont had uh um an 89 pounder in the state championship match we we're in the state championship match and chad nelson from sturfa was in the state championship match so all three of us were on the arena floor for 
that last round of wrestling. And that was pretty cool for us as brothers to, to be able to do that. And, um, I remember my mom walked right down on the arena floor. This is at the old St. Paul civic center. And everybody else, you know, was like a dog pit, you know, you couldn't get into the lower bowl to save your life. And my mom walked right down on the arena floor and took a picture of us. And it's like, <laughs> how'd you get on the arena floor? I just walked right by the ushers. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he looked tough or what, but anyway, so, yeah. You so. cannot do that at the XL Energy Center anymore. No, 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 you can't, so. All right, well, good. Great well, thank stories, you. guys. Any way I can help you in the future, I love talking this sport. It Like we started out, it's given back so many great memories for me and, and so many wonderful highlights and, and uh, the people I know through the sport of wrestling, uh, whether they're administrators now um, or uh, wrestling coaches now, giving back to this sport, that's it's pretty cool. It really is. Agree 100%. And you and your crew down at the Civic Center in Section 1 are such a huge part of that. So we thank you for that, Mr. Queasley. We thank you for joining the show, and we'll see you down in Rochester in just a few weeks. Sounds great. And uh, let's keep that S word away from us for at least another three weeks here. So <laughs> None of that. We don't want none any of that. that. No snowmobiles, yeah. no dog sleds to the <laughs> Civic Center. No John Deere tractors, no nothing. <laughs> All right, thank so, you. All right, take care, guys. Thanks. Bye.